everyone, and welcome to episode 258 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Fred Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up today, Richard? Uh, things are going very well. So many cards. So many cards. Yeah, I think uh, we're probably going to spend basically the whole cast talking about uh, new Theros cards, probably slip in some fish mail, but that's our main focus today. We have so many Theros cards to talk about. Before we get into that, though, we have another co-host in Krim. How's it going today, Krim? Good morning, Seth. I, uh, I'm pretty excited. Lots of Theros to be talked about. Yes, we have a ton of mythics, uh, a ton of interesting rares, and uh, just so many, so many Theros cards. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we uh, get into it, though, uh, we have a, a sponsor today, which is Card Conduit. And have you ever tried uh, selling your Magic the Gathering cards? I know I personally have done an insane amount of, like, buy listing of Magic cards in my life, and it is a really time-consuming process. Like, you have to sort everything, you have to package everything uh, without damaging it, you gotta ship it all over the place, which that comes with its own risk. Well, uh, if you've been struggling with buy listing, there's another option now in Card Conduit. If you got a box of cards you'd like to sell, why not just send them into Card Conduit? And Card Conduit is a new service from the folks at Card Hoarder that will sort and grade and sell your cards. Just throw them in a box, ship them off to Card Conduit, and they'll take care of it for you. And once your shipment is processed, you'll receive uh, the proceeds minus the fee from Card Conduit. And for right now, you can get a 10% discount by going over to cardconduit.com slash goldfish. Card Conduit. It's the easiest way to sell your magic card. Uh, anyway, thank you for Card Conduit for supporting today's show. And with our sponsorship stuff out of the way, Richard, let's talk some Theros Beyond Death cards. We got a huge list, so guide us through these sweet new cards. All right. So last week, we basically talked about nothing. <laughs> In between last week and this week, a ton, a ton of cards were, uh, were previewed for us. So we're going to start off by talking about the rest of the gods and then some cards we think we'll see play in Standard and Commander and maybe Modern and Pioneer. So, we'll, we talked about Nylea last week. Let's start off with uh, Erebos. The uh, Erebos, Bleak Hearted, three and a black, five, six, indestructible. As long as your devotion to black is less than five, Erebos isn't a creature. Whenever another creature you control dies, you may pay two life. If you do, draw a card. One in a black, sacrifice another creature. Target creature gets minus two, minus one until end of turn. I like this card. <laughs> <laughs> it has card draw. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it's better than the old one, uh, but it, because I mean, although you could pay two mana whenever to kind of like, because you had, it was pretty much greed, but on this one, you can sack another creature and use it as removal. I don't know. This could be pretty cool. I, I, I it's. I, I'm curious to see how this shapes out, but I, I like this card. I don't know if it's the best god, but I do like it. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of competition for best god, so I don't know if I would say it's the best, but I actually think I like new Erebos better than old Erebos. The difference of being able to pay two life to draw a card whenever one of your creatures die, that's a really huge deal compared to having to spend two mana every time. You still can, like, spend two mana and sacrifice a creature and then, like, get to draw a card. But what I'm envisioning with this is, like, we got a lot of aristocrat synergies in Standard. We have decks that are, like, actively, like, sacking Cauldron Familiar every turn, for example. If you just, like, throw Erebos into the mix of that, you're, like, only kind of spending one life because of how Cauldron Familiar works with drain ability plus you're getting food tokens, and you're just, like, adding draw a card into that, like, aristocrat-style loop. And that doesn't even include, like, Commander or whatever, where you just can have this and Wrath the board and pay 10 life and draw five cards or whatever turn all your wrath into like decree of pains for example yep. so i actually think that new erebos is more powerful than old erebos in my opinion i do like it so yeah I, I i agree with you there i mean i didn't even think about it when it comes to like edh and turning everything into a decree of pain <laughs> i was just so happy to see that it had a removal attached to it so <laughs> i don't know it's pretty good <laughs> it, it just like as onto everything <laughs> one of our best decks currently does like cool you have a mayhem devil now you can actually every creature you sack is an additional card is an additional 
one damage. It seems pretty good. And also, just like mono black shells, if you go like cat uh, into what's her name, the triple black I- oh, Ayara? Ayara? Ayara, yeah, Ayara, yeah. like Erebos or like. Uh, and then Gary. Oh man, I haven't played standard in so long. The one drop vampire. <laughs> Knight of the Evan Legion. Knight of the Evan Legion into anything (laughs) Erebos, Gary. There's just so many possibilities. So I think Mono Black is going to be a deck in standard. Uh, I think the the sacrifice decks will get even better or at least have more options. Uh, So yeah, I think Erebos is a slam dunk for the standard. I also like that uh, Mono Black with Gary and Yara has a lot of ways to instantly gain back life, so you're kind of safe-ish to spend a bunch of life drawing cards, knowing that eventually you're going to like draw your Gary or whatever and be able to recoup it. Tybalt has, Tybalt has never been more relevant. <laughs> so much life gain. <laughs> but have we forgotten about a casual 8-mana Villas with Erebos? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> so many cards. <laughs> Somebody's gonna have to I do mean, that on on Commander Clash, right? Like, I mean, that, that's that's a lot of card value. Really, though, with uh, that Nick's Mana Rock, like the, oh, the Nick's yeah. Mana Rock, it might actually be possible to just like play a bunch of black mana symbols and hardcast Phyllis in standard. Like, it probably won't be good, but it's something <laughs> you might actually be able to do. Gary, Gary, Gary's good enough. Yeah, Gar- <laughs> Gary Gary's, has a Gary's devotion payoff is good enough. We don't need Gary's we don't need anymore. But Villas is fun. You can draw a lot of cards. There's a classic Seth. I could deal like 20 damage with Gary or <laughs> I could draw like 40 cards. Richard, <laughs> Richard, I'm trying to plant the seed into Seth's head right now. Okay. So, so he doesn't kill us and he just draws a ton of cards. Uh, that, that seed has already grown into like a full tree. Yeah. So <laughs> no work required. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Heliod, Sudden Crowned, two to white. 5-5, five, five, indestructible. As long as your devotion to white is less than 5, Heliod isn't a creature. Whenever you gain life, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on target creature or enchantment you control. One in a white, another target creature gains lifelink until end of turn. <laughs> a lot of people have been talking about this with Walking Ballista. <laughs> it's infinite. Yep, yep, yep. But, like, <laughs> is there anything else that this does, <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm like not makes really... you and Johnny Pride mates everywhere, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you could play it in in one of like as bad as the life gain deck usually is. It also is really popular, so it makes sense <laughs> to me that they would make it. Like, I think it's one of the most popular like casual decks. If you ever play like the lower ranks on Arena or like like casualish players, just love the life gain archetype. So Heliod is great there. Also in modern, I think it's even more busted. Like, just Heliod Spike Feeder is infinite life. You don't even need to like activate Heliod or have any like shenanigans. I actually think the Pioneer Walking Ballista combo is sort of clunky. I don't think pe- I think people are focusing too much on like uh when things go right how powerful it can be and not thinking about like oh like, everything this gets else disrupted by like any removal spell in the format and there's a big window to like actually kill the walking ballista but with spike feeder uh in some of the modern combos i think it could be pretty Wait, powerful i'm super confused like what what <laughs> it's a two card combo at three and two mana or three and four mana like what what is so But you have to so you have to okay, so, have have the so this is what people get stuck on. People people get stuck on like, oh it's like Felidigger and Sahelia, but really you need to have a ballista with two counters on it. Yeah. So that's four mana. Yeah. Then you need Heliod, which is two mana, and then you need two mana to actually activate Heliod and target your walking ballista to give it lifelink, which is the clunky part. So you can't just go like, turn three Heliod, turn four walking ballista X2, I win. You do that, and then you have to wait a whole nother turn cycle uh, to untap and have two mana to give walking ballista lifelink. Yep, yep. And that gives your opponent a lot of time to wild slash or fatal push or whatever they want to do to disrupt it. These are all true, but I think... It's still a two-card combo. It's like, how often do you just turn four, slam your, you know, your Splinter Twin, right? Like, probably never, right? Because well, you, know, you, 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 you get the removal, to, right? right? So you play on turn five or six, and you, you set it up, but it's just a two-card combo, right? You're not digging. You're just setting up your win. 
I feel like, I think that it'll probably be decent, but I think that it's going to be, the other thing about in Pioneer with it, it's kind of hard to find. Walking Ballista's kind of an awkward combo piece, because you can't Coco into it, you can't Court of Calling Why, it. Why, you can always were. Just, <laughs> you can were for it, but that is still also yeah, I'm like two years now. <laughs> So I think it's actually, I think it's something that will be good if you're playing a deck where both combo pieces are already good. If you can play like a white devotion deck with life gain synergies and just like have four ballistas and four heliods, but I don't think it's like oh, my four deck's heliods. built around this. No, that, I, that just I, feels so... You, you just play like white weenie and you throw in a ballista, right? You're like, okay, Thalia, Thalia, like just random white hate bears to slow you down and then you just combo off right i, I think it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be good i actually i think it'll be better in modern like you just go turn one but no, no one plays two, modern two, anymore two, <laughs> God, turn three spike feeder and all the pieces are tutorable by coco's and court of callings and elder so you're telling me but, yeah, less guess... reason to play modern we have another like <laughs> modern three, format is that combo kill <laughs> And it's like an upside that Heliod won't be in creature form, so it can't get Oko'd. Oh, <laughs> or else that that's very combo, relevant. So that that does that's actually matter, like yeah. a bonus. <laughs> that's that's just how good Oko is. Oh, gee, I'm so happy this is not a creature. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm so glad this is a useless enchantment instead of a five five indestructible. <laughs> All right, next up we have Thassa, Deep Dwelling, 3 in a blue, 6-5, indestructible, devotion to 5 again. At the beginning of your end step, exile up to one other target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under your control. 3 and a blue, tap another target creature. Yes, Verity Circle, I know. <laughs> I know, don't say it, I love it. <laughs> but also... Uh, this is my favorite yeah. god, I think. I don't think... I think this is probably, if I was just going to rank the likelihood that the god will see like tier play in standard it might be near the bottom but it's the one i'm most excited to play with i love blinking stuff at for the value. bottom it works with yarok and panharmonicon i learned that uh you can blink your master of waves and pioneer yep. and the elementals don't die because of how wait <laughs> because really? of how the rules work. yeah because it, it it fully resolves the ability first. Yeah, you don't check the toughness until the whole ability oh. resolves. So they somehow survive. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I see why it has to to make the rules work, but it's still very odd to me that it works that way. Also, it's even better than I first thought because if you read the blink ability, you can blink creatures you control, and then they come back into play under your control, which means Things. you can build like a really janky like threaten deck or claim the firstborn yep. and like <laughs> yep. steal creatures yep. and then blink them and keep them forever. So I. I think this guy's just like super fun i'm so excited for this in edh also because like yeah I, I love playing a bunch of things that steal stuff so like you know sower of temptation agent of treachery so it's just permanently mine if i can blink it of course <laughs> but yeah i i think it's good i, I think it's, do you think it'll see playing standard Chris? yeah like do you think this is a standard playable yeah i, I think it is i mean it, it'll it'll We'll have to see what else gets, like, revealed, but there are some cool things with some sweet Enter the Battlefield uh, abilities and whatnot, so I'm excited to see it and wh where it goes, but I think, right, maybe maybe as more cards get revealed, we'll see, but I think at some point it'll get played. I'm trying to think, like, we have we have Cavaliers. Right. What, what else would Blue have in trend? I guess, like, just any random one-drop Cavalier Thassa <laughs> is yep. enough, so yeah, I think you could see play if there's, like, a Blue Shell. Depends if we actually yeah. play Cavaliers in, like, a fair way. Or they're just fires. Obviously, like <laughs> agent of treachery is like the dream. Yeah, agent of treachery is like what you want to be doing as much as you can, but <laughs> that's a lot of mana that we're talking about. It's oh, yeah. seven. I mean, I will definitely play it in standard because I love Yarok decks, and this is like perfect for Yarok too. Yeah, th this is this is my favorite god. Also, all right, last of the returning gods. Perforos, bronze blooded, four in a red, seven six indestructible, devotion to five again. Other creatures you control have haste. Two in a red, you may put a red creature or an artifact creature card from your hand onto the battlefield, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. I, I think this might be the strongest god to me. But I and I and I love I this is like my follow-up god. If it wasn't Thassa, it would probably be Perforos. Um and I like I like this though for just playability. It, I, it's the strongest one. In my it's opinion. so expensive. What, yeah. what, what do we drop into this? Il Ilrog, right? Um, I'm, 
But but the thing is, it, it gives villas? other things haste <laughs> on top of a villas. <laughs> it's a it's a it five seems, drop though, right? Like you have to drop you can't, you something can't relevant. Villas, you can't red. just drop like a five drop. Like you just like wasted all this time, right? It has to be a big creature. Uh, I think though, like Dracosets for five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and then I really honestly think the best one is uh, to, to go with Dracoseth is Terror of Mount Velis, one of the themed <laughs> booster cards. Yep. It has to be uh, red, by the way. Which is a little frightening, but yes, it does have to be red or an artifact. But the nice thing about Perforos is you play it on five, and then turn six, you have six mana, which is enough to activate the ability twice, which means if you have two of the right creatures in your hand, you should be able to, like, 20 your opponent, or if as long as they don't have, like, instant speed removal or whatever. Also, I'm excited to play this in Commander with uh, Bear of the Heavens and just, like, troll everyone. <laughs> yep. So I think that yep. because you put it into play, and then it sacrifices itself, and then you just, like, heroic intervene or something and then everyone loses all their stuff and you win so <laughs> i mean yeah like and you could also like you could even do like cavalier also on top of that if you wanted just something i don't know there's there's a lot that you could play in these decks that i that are pretty sweet and it's sweet that it works with Ilharg. So you, if you do build, like, mono-red sneak attack and standard, you have, like, Perforos. And Ilharg can be, like, a good backup Perforos. So you kind of have, like, eight copies of that effect. And then you just play a bunch of, like, Dracusess and Terrors and whatever. And, and Dragon Mage. People. Don't forget, <laughs> Dragon Mage is in this format, uh, and when you, you gotta hit him with the Dragon Mage, the classic like eighth pick Dragon Mage on, <laughs> on Arena. <laughs> All right, so those are our gods. Uh, next up, we have the Goldfish Spoiler. We just released it this morning. It's Euro Titan of Nature's Wrath. One green, a blue, so three CMC. 6-6, legendary creature, elder giant, mythic rare. When Uro enters a battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. When Uro enters a battlefield or attacks, you may gain, or you gain three life and draw a card. Then you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. Escape, green, green, blue, blue, exile five cards. 6-6. Six, six. This card is bonkers. <laughs> it's so absurd. This card is bonkers. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, I think I think the fact that you can gain three life and draw a card and then put a land from your hand on the battlefield and then kind of just keep doing that whenever you want, as long as you have other cards to exile, that's pretty sweet. And, and you can, like, oh, man, there's just, oh, there's so many things you can just do with this card. I love it. Yeah, I mean, when you consider that in standard, three mana ramp is already, like, fairly playable worst case this is like a three mana growth spiral with upside even if you never escape it from your graveyard and then if you escape it it's absurd it's like it's an actual titan it's a very much a callback to like primeval titan and frost titan where you get to enter the battlefield and attack trigger and it's a good one draw a card gain three life and put a land into play it's just absolutely i think this card's absolutely bonkers i think even if your graveyard gets shut down or whatever, that's the thing I like about this card is yes, like there is risk to having to escape it into play. If you, there's like a ley line of the void, but worst case, like it cycles, it gains you life. Like even just casting it as like a weird growth spiral. I think that's like close to a standard playable card, even discounting that it'll eventually be a six, six with all these triggers and stuff. I think this card's just like absolutely absurd. I, I got, I it. think it I depends it. on how much self mill there is. That's playable. I, I think if you can't escape this, this card is actually really bad. <laughs> like, Growth Spiral is an okay card. The only reason we play Growth Spiral is because we're ramping into, like, better cards, right? But it's not a ramp spell, right? It's a land from your hand, which is not the same as, like, say, a rampant growth. So if you just do this, it's, like, Growth Spiral plus Healing Salve, which is, you know, not that good. But if we have, like, Seder Wayfinder effects, things like that, then this becomes absurd. So it depends how many playable self-mill cards we have uh, in, I guess, Saltai? I guess green can mill itself now, yep. but I'm going to assume this goes into a Saltai deck. So, Whoa, wait, yeah. did you say Saltai? Well, <laughs> funny that you say that. Because <laughs> you can totally stack that uh, ETB effect and have that happen first. Or, and then and then sack it to Erevos and then get, and draw another card. Ooh. <laughs> or, or or if you have a Vivian, you get to go extra saucy and flash in a Galta for a lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, worst case, wouldn't just like 
every Simic Ramp deck play this? Like, what's yeah. what's the downside? If your goal is to just, like, ramp into Nissa, like, this does what Growth Spiral does, and it gains you life, which is relevant against aggro, and then uh, maybe sometimes you get a 6-6 six, six that's uh, really busted. Yeah. Because... You'd rather have a growth spiral instead of a three drop? I, I don't know. Like, you have to reasonably escape this, right? I don't think you have to. Yeah. Like, growth spiral is like the third most played card in standard or something. Like, it's a, it's like one of the tip top most played right. cards so in the format. So would you remove your growth spirals to put this in? No, right? You would put it in conjunction with it, right? You have to cut other cards to fit this in your deck, right? Yeah. What would we cut? I what mean... would we cut from Simic? <laughs> if we just randomly shoved it into Simic. Would you cut your Nissas? Like, probably not. Your Krasis? No. Maybe uh, you could shave some mana dork? No, no, no. No, oh, right? Like, no, the, no. the one mana is a lot. So I think we yeah. would actually have to have, like, a pretty reasonable chance of escaping this. Or maybe sideboard. Like, you're playing against a slower deck, and, you know, you don't really need to race to Girl Spiral, but you want to grind them out. I don't think this is worth it in the sideboard. But don't you think you are gonna, like, naturally be able to escape it just once? Uh, at least once? Like, you have, if you're playing Simic Ramp, you got Cavalier of Thorns. That's enough to escape it all by Ooh, itself. Yeah, you got yeah. Grow Spirals in the graveyard. You got Quasi Duplicates. You got Mana Dorks that are, like, Abriel Grazers that are chump blocking. It doesn't seem, I don't know. I don't think you're gonna be able to escape it, like, three or four times unless you build around it. But escaping it one time, I think, like, you don't have to build your deck around it that much to escape it once. Yeah. Maybe? I guess we'll I see. Know. I think, I mean, the stats are definitely insane. Like, yeah. a 6-6 six, six for 4 with those abilities are definitely insane. Escape's a tricky mechanic to evaluate. We'll see. Like, I think people either very much underrate it, or maybe some people overrate it, and we'll have to see once we get our hands on the cards, where it actually falls in the power level scale, but I have really high hopes for Euro. Yeah. If, it, if it ever sticks on the battlefield, it is insane. Because it is a titan, you get the trigger on enter the battlefield and on attack, so the minute it sticks, like, you've probably won the game. Uh, next up, we have the return of Pelucranos. Pelucranos unchained, two black and a green, zero, zero. Legendary creature, zombie hydra. Pelucranos enters the battlefield with six plus one plus one counters on it. It escapes with 12 plus one plus one counters. If damage would be dealt to Pelucranos, while it has a plus one plus one counter on it, prevent that damage and remove that many plus one plus one counters. One black and a green. Pelucanos fights another target creature. Escape four black green. Exile six other cards from your graveyard. I, I don't know. Maybe the fact that escape is attached to it makes me really like this card. <laughs> I think this card is pretty sweet. It's definitely super big. Like, there's no no doubt about that. I mean, it's a 6-6 six, six for 4, essentially, and then when you escape it, it's a 12-12, which is just... That's about as big as it gets. I think... I have a hard time evaluating the remove counters mechanic. It seems like... It seems like that's a pretty big drawback, I guess, that if it does fight things or get into, like, combat with anything, it's going to shrink. But then you can always just escape it. Yeah. And it is a, like, worst case, it's a good removal spell. Like, yeah. it's going to kill any one thing on the battlefield and then probably be able to chump block at least once. And then once you escape it, it's almost, like, pretty close to a wrath. You can probably escape it and then immediately fight, like, two things, three things the next turn and still have it stick around. So, boy, it's it's a weird card to evaluate, but the stats are, like, so big that it's hard to imagine it's not at least somewhat good. Does it survive? It does, right? It survives the, like, combat with a questing beast? Mm, no, right? right? <sighs> if, but if damage would be dealt it, well, it has 1-1 one, one counter on it, prevent that damage. But, but questing beast prevents damage prevention. Oh, right, so right. So you Hold would on, just that. lose counters. <laughs> I forgot. Questing <laughs> you get, beast like, does double that. damage. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, never mind, never mind. Questing beast still has more text every day. All right, cool. Oh, questing beast just, like, kills it. It, like, doubly kills yeah. this thing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of like as a furnace of wrath against against questing beasts in specific. Yeah, but there there are cards in older formats that oh, it's the card where if you if you would be dealt damage plus one plus one counter like prevent that damage or something like there there are ways to make Pelucranos immortal with older cards, but <laughs> not against questing beasts. Yeah, I don't know, man. You guys are seeing it as a twelve twelve. It's gonna be a four mana six six most of the time with like really weird drawback. Like it's like Ugin's Conjurant or whatever. And I think best case scenario is you play this on a board of weenies and then you like start picking off, you know, creatures. But it's still three mana per activation. That's seven mana 
for the first creature to remove. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it powers up your Great Henge some more. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it could be good, but it could also be terrible. So I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, if you Great Henge, you get an extra counter, too. Ooh. <laughs> if, if you escape it, it could be a 13-13. <laughs> What about Simic Ascendancy? That works, right? Is this like the cheat code to finally win with Simic Ascendancy? <laughs> that might actually be <laughs> with Ugin's Conjurant also. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you can also cheat by um, Vivian is a one-way fight, right? There are a bunch of cards that they're fight, but yeah, not really. It just you deals just, the damage. Yeah. So... You know, you you can effectively use all of your power from Pelucanos without shrinking Pelucanos into a into a one one or something. <laughs> There's like so many broken green four drops right now, like Questing Beast and Wicked Wolf and Vivian, uh, Ceratops. I think I'm even forgetting one, but that's my question with a lot of these cards is like yeah they seem like they could be good but are they better than what we already have in the format or do they end up getting like left on the sidelines because they're even though they're powerful just because they're like not quite as powerful as questing beast or ceratops or whatever yeah and also remember gods are in this format so if you have a six six and they have a five five indestructible you get like one block in before you're a one one, right? Like, yeah, you probably don't want to fight those. Like, you, you can't really do much, right? So, yeah, four mana six six sixes are not what they used to be. Uh, next up, we have the Ox of Agonas, three red red, four two creature Ox. It's a mythic rare. When Ox of Agonas enters the battlefield, discard your hand, draw three cards. Escape red red, exile eight other cards from your graveyard. Ox of Agonis escapes with a plus one plus one counter on it. I like this card, but is it too much to ask to give it haste? <laughs> I, I assumed it would have haste. Yeah. Wait, it why does, does it need haste? That it doesn't does Vendor Reverie have, have haste? Like, do we need <laughs> more value on her card? <laughs> but the thing here is just by way, the way things magic of magic's gone with creatures, I'm expecting keyword soup on everything, right? So I guess, <laughs> I guess I've, I've, I've had it too good, you know? <laughs> or maybe, <laughs> yeah, like I've been spoiled. Ox of Agonis or whatever. I, I just for some odd reason just thought it had haste the whole time. But it. Is this actually good? I like it. I mean, I don't, I don't know if. I like the escape part. The first part is a little, you know, it's a little bit of a pickle, but like after that, escaping and, I mean, eight other cards is a lot, though. It is a lot of other cards. But good thing you discarded That's, your hand the on the way in, right? Oh, <laughs> yes. Hey, in a, in a matchup, maybe where all my removal's dead? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I guess, like, it does kind of work in... Arclight Phoenix style shells, maybe, maybe there's a, a shell there that could take advantage of it in standard and have it be pretty good, or like Crackling Drake, you'd get to escape all the cards into exile, but they still pump your Drake or whatever. I think for me, the place this is almost certainly going to see play is Modern Dredge. This I think is just like absolutely absurd in Modern Dredge because you get eight cards in your graveyard really quickly. And then this is two mana dredge like 15 or something because you just uh, you discard your hand which is an upside and then you get to dredge three times so i would be shocked if this wasn't part of modern dredge at a minute. i think this is another reason to not play modern anymore i think <laughs> yeah, this is gonna yeah. be really good in the older formats like it, it is draw 18 right with dredge right you dredge six three times with this like you you're basically dead like they're going to hit all your creep and chills and whatever, right? <laughs> like, it's basically their whole deck. So, and it comes for free in the graveyard. And you get to discard all the dead cards in your hand. So, I think this is, like, an auto-include. Depends. I know nothing about Dredge. Depends if they can cut stuff to fit this in. But I, I feel like you can. Uh, they're going to make they're gonna make room for this. This card is very good. <laughs> dredge. dredge. Dredge players seem excited about it. So, I, I think they'll... It's basically it Hogak. Out. You kill it, they escape again for two... <laughs> Comes back as a five three. It is kind of like it is kind of a pretty weak creature, like a four two for five. It's a five yeah, three. Even a five three, eh, dies to bolt. Could have had haste. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Could have dealt twenty on ETB. Like why not? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> At this point, well, sure. Imagine if they had Panharmonicon Dredge. Maybe that's the direction to go. Then you get to literally dredge your entire deck because you double You just the mill yourself. <laughs> You're like, oops. Mm. <laughs> Panharmonicon I'm gonna, I'm gonna and Dredge. That. 
<laughs> oh, I'm gonna do oh, it. Oh wait, don't laugh at me. No wait, no, this doesn't work the way I want it to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have Knoros, Hound of Athreos, one white and a black, three three legendary creature, Hound, Vigilance, Menace, Lifelink. Creature cards in graveyard or creature cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield. Players can't cast spells from graveyards. <laughs> Graf Doggo's cage is adorable. I love this card. <laughs> They're like, yo, mean, questing beast. I don't think you have enough cures. Let me put two more heads on you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's make mini questing beast. Um, this, I think this card is very, a uh, very fun. Uh, I love the vigilance menace life link. And on top of that creature cards and graveyards can't enter the battlefield. Ah, and then it also, they, they can't cast spells. I, I, I just like this card a lot. Maybe because it's a doggo. <laughs> I, I'm not sure where I come down on this card. This is one of the cards I think that suffers most from being legendary. I would be a lot more excited about playing it in standard if it wasn't legendary. Like, the clunkiness of it is a concern. Although, it does seem like it lines up well with where the metagame might be. Uh, it beats Cauldron Familiar decks, which kind of funny. The the age-old yep. dogs beating cats uh, trope in Magic. Uh, so, we have that. It also is very good against Escape, and it is a fine creature. I just wonder, like, how many of these can you play? Can you just be like, oh, I'm going to play four of these and hope that it works out? Or is it something that you have to play... I don't know. Your hate cards you often want in, like, high numbers, so you make sure you have them in the matchup where you need them, but then you kind of get punished, maybe, by playing four of these because it's legendary and have, like, a bunch of dead draws in This is, hands. like, value. I mean, it is so good that you're willing yeah. to have the dead card, right? If your opponent is on any graveyard deck, like, they're Dude, pretty shut down. Do you remember that one down. meme card? That meme card, Underworld Breach? I don't know. That one might be good. <laughs> <laughs> it stops that. But I actually don't like this card. I think it's too good. Cage. I, I think... There's no downside. Like a three, like say your opponent does not play graveyard cards. Like what is the downside that it's legendary? Cause you have a three, three vigilance menace lifelink, yeah. right? You like you don't even life. need any of the other text, right? So you just hose graveyard decks for no reason. Like they should have made this weaker, like a two, two or a one, three. Or, I don't know, man. It's like so strong. You don't even need any of its abilities. They should have made it a four, four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if a three, three with a bunch of abilities is meh. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> We're playing in, in 2020 standard, Richard. Yeah. This isn't like 2015 standard where a 3 3 for 3. But it was. has menace and life. Yeah. Link. I, I don't know how any aggro decks can get anything menace. done in the standard. Like everything has life link now. Yeah, nice everything try, gains right. you like 3 life, right? Our burn spell should have like 8 damage attached to them at this point. <laughs> Uh, that is that is true. Just uh, is a rough a rough time for egg. Everything is just one mana thunderous wrath. It's just me. Just like sure, no miracle required. Just five damage, five damage, five damage. Do you think uh, this will show up in older formats? Like, yeah, Graph Digger's Cage is a card that people play. You can like vial it into play in Death and Taxes or something. Like it probably has some potential in older formats, right? Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know if like Burn needed to get dunked on some more, but I guess like why not, right? Like <laughs> sure. <laughs> Everybody dunks on burn now. <laughs> also, like dog tribal EDH. If you have, I, like black white dogs, uh, what color? Are I, all I feel the like dogs you got to have green. It's got to be Abzan, so you could have mo- a Mowu. And, oh know, yeah, like, yeah. You, uh, that's that's true. Hmm. And then that way you could also have what with a one mana one three that has defender. You could sack it to give something protection. <laughs> Yeah, or not protection, yeah. indestructible. Re- resolute. You gotta, yeah, <laughs> Watchdogs or whatever. Yep. All right. Hakdos, the unscarred. Red, red, white, white. 6-1. Legendary creature, human warrior. Hakdos, the unscarred, attacks each combat if able. As Hakdos enters the battlefield, choose two, three, or four at random. Hakdos has protection from each converted mana cost other than the chosen number. The first Hearthstone card in Magic. <laughs> yes! So, <laughs> so it basically excited. has a protection from every CMC except one of three, two, three, or four, which you roll when it enters the battlefield. It's Achilles, Achilles, heel, which sometimes turns into an elbow or knee or something, but... <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how to evaluate this card. If I think about, like, the upside, it seems like one of the scariest cards in Standard, but then I think about the downside, I'm like, <laughs> oh, but, like, if I roll the wrong thing, this is just gonna get, like, pinged by a Mayhem Devil after I spend four mana on it, and I gotta play, like, 
double white and double red, which is like the worst colors. So do I really want to like even try to cast this? I don't, what do you guys, what do you like? Oh man, the ceiling is like a true name nemesis that kills people in three turns. But then the floor is, it just like is four mana dies to something really weak and incidental. Block. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I, I like the card. I think it's fun. But I have no clue how good this is either because of the RNG part of it, right? The die roll. But it it could be pretty busted too. Uh, I don't know. This is a tough one. I can't get a read on this card. It's, it's yeah. perfectly like awesome and terrible at the same time. <laughs> I think it's really good if there's a real Boros deck. Right, because you yeah. can't just. This is not like a card you slam into any deck. You need to have a functioning Burrows. <laughs> not with that mana cost. <laughs> and it has to be good enough to be a good deck without this card, and then this card would just be like a good curve to- topper. Because I think if you're playing an aggro deck, your opponent is not going to have the luxury of holding like a two, three, and four CMC card to deal with this, right? And you also have spells like if they have like only a three CMC blocker, you can remove it or whatever. So I feel like it's pretty good. But you need a good Boros stack. I don't know if we have ah. a good Boros stack. <laughs> there, like like know, a Boros aggro you know, deck, oh. not like a, some weird big red deck, right? <laughs> like something that will there end the game. There is a reason now to run a shock maybe over Bonecrusher Giants because Stomp is a, is a possible thing that you can't target this with. Well, you can never target this with Shock. Shock is useless. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you got to play the Shock yeah. to kill something else to hold your Bonecrusher Giant yeah, for this. Yeah. <laughs> You know that you're going to play this, and your opponent's going to have, like, one card in hand, and it's going to be, like, Murderous Rider, and you're going to roll three every time. Like, I, I know that's what's going to happen with me, and then I know it's going to go the other way when my opponent plays it. I'm going to have the Bone Crusher, and they're going to roll, like, four or whatever, and then I just lose. So, I, what do you think about this, like, infusion of, as Krim said, like, Hearthstone effects <gasps> in the magic? The like, H word. You can't say <laughs> that. <laughs> Are, <laughs> Are they trying to add more variants to the game since they took so much away with London Mulligans? I think it, it, it's it's. I'm happy for it. I mean, I, I think I'm happy for it though because it's going to be more fun to watch. Um, it's going to be a lot more. There's going to be a lot more entertaining games. But of course, I'm sure there are people out there that are also going to despise this because of the randomness of it, right? So I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of it. I um, mean, we we've had other rand like you know, kind of RNG-like cards anyways. Um, so this isn't, like, the first one, actually, but I think it's pretty cool. I don't like it. I mean, I, I like RNG, like, say, Coco. Actually, I don't know. Like, so the, <laughs> the reason I don't like this is, like, this card becomes unbeatable to absolute garbage depending on what you roll and your opponent's <laughs> exactly, hand, yeah. which is too big of a range, right? Like, I want the RNG range to be smaller, right? But I guess Coco has the same problem where you can hit, like, two bombs or you can hit nothing, I don't know, like, have you ever seen, like, those Hearthstone videos of, like, Ragnaros or whatever, and there's, like, 20 things on board, and he hits the wrong one, and you're like, why? Like, what are the odds? Like, stuff I've like never that. had like, that happen. <laughs> okay, stuff I like that. that I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that as a Magic player, right? Like, but, I feel like but, the, the game is so random already, and I'm trying everything in my power to make it not random. So I will, like, actively avoid these cards. So I, I don't know. Do you think it would be too good if you could just choose one of those? Numbers? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think it would be like, too good. Would it be too good? What? You just enter the battlefield, choose three or four? <laughs> it requires you to <laughs> yeah, know true. your opponent's deck and to, like, figure out what they have in their hand, right? Sure, but I think, like, the fact that you can just say, like, oh, all right, I'm going to just pick whatever number, then I, I don't know. I feel like that's a little ridiculous. Because let's say that if the best removal, like, sits in around on two mana, you blank a lot of cards with that. Yeah. Like, not a lot of decks have a crazy curve of removal, right? Because then it's just like, well, control decks are the only way that this, like, control decks are the only thing that's going to beat this. Well, you kill him before Hakdos gets online, right? <laughs> like, I think that's the way you're supposed to beat Hakdos, right? He hits you in the face for six while he's tapped uh, down. You kill him, uh, <laughs> right? You're questing beast him or Pelucanos him. Have you, did we just talk about all the cards that are gaining 30 life a turn? Like, I don't, I don't know how you expect anyone to die before this. Because it doesn't have haste. It doesn't have trample. It doesn't, I guess you can't block, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but it does not have haste. It does not have haste. Oh, I'm just also imagining a timeline where somebody 
somebody ember cleaves this and then we're really getting into a good spot (laughs) oh yeah ember cleave is yeah that's that's scary oh actually actually, no hold on it has protection from it right (laughs) oh yeah you (laughs) can't i guess that's true never mind you can't even target this thing yeah, I thought it was just from your opponent's <laughs> stuff, but that's right. It's just protection, so Walt, never mind. I mean, you can you can just wrath this thing, right? Like this, this is not like unkillable. You can just so once it. again, can, what what is an aggro deck gonna do? Play a wrath? <laughs> Nothing. Kill them before they play their four man oh my gosh, six one that. that attacks super slow. <laughs> it's simple. We kill the Batman. Okay, cool. Got it. <laughs> we we just got right this minute a a new mythic. Do you guys want to hear what the new mythic All is? Right. Live reaction. Live reaction. Live reaction. All right. This is this is a, a blue mythic. It's a saga. It's uh, Kiora Bess the Sea God. Lore counter it's seven mana, two blue and five. Lore counter number one, make a eight eight blue cracking creature token with hexproof. Number two, tap all non land permanence target opponents control. They don't untap during their next untap step. Lore counter number three, gain control of target permanent and opponent controls. Untap it. It's seven mana. It gives me some. Yep. It blocks Carnage Tyrant. <laughs> it, 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 it does. Crim still, still trying to beat Carnage Tyrant three months after rotation. That's a never ending fight, by it's the way. It's traumatized you. It's, it's traumatized Crim so badly. He's still, still looking for answers. <laughs> and it taps all non land permits target opponent controls. They don't untap during their controller's next untaps. I think this card is pretty sweet. And then, sure, why not third chapter? Gain control of target permanent opponent controls. Why the heck not? I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a little costly, but maybe with, like, some way to, like, ramp it out with, like, I don't know, some potential Nykthos, like, artifact or something. Uh, that you could, you could do a lot with this. Hey, even just the 8-8 hexproof for 7, that's, like not a bad deal like that's a big hard to interact with creature yeah i mean it doesn't block uh michael ceratops aka the shifting ceratops but like you know like this this is this does work i like this card and i also like the art and then you can oh you know what you do with this is you don't cast it in pioneer you just like get it in the graveyard and loop it with starfield of nyx or something or (laughs) reanimate it that that would be fun i mean yeah yeah I mean, can Mono Blue work in Pioneer outside of, like, little blue critters flying around? Mono Blue Devotion is, like, a, a kind of a, a real deck, but it's kind of, like, aggressive it's, for the most yeah, part. It's, yeah. it's kind of like the little creatures flying around Blue Devotion for the most part. Yeah. There's no deck called Big Blue. That, that would be... Yeah. <laughs> that would just be Control. <laughs> yeah, Big <What>? Blue. <laughs> big Blue. Big Blue. What do, you, what do you think, Richard? How good is this card? I don't know. It's like a seven mana finisher. Is that good enough? Yeah. Let it can be countered because it's it's Seven basically like eight, an eight, eight eight unblockable, unkillable, right? Because you get to tap all their stuff after, so you get to swing in at least once. Oh, uh, but wait, hold on, or you twice, I guess. Hmm. What about Verity Circle? Got to draw, got to draw those cards. <laughs> they, can, they can like raise the alarm and chump block this thing. I, I don't know. It's I, I think it's gonna be okay. Verity Circle. <laughs> I think it's gonna be okay. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather just play Agent I of mean, Treachery? Like, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> do you care about this 8-8 yeah, Kraken? Like, yeah, but, but Agent of Treachery doesn't give, he doesn't tap all the non-land permanents. Do you need to? They don't have, you just stole their, like, one non-land permanent. <laughs> but you have an 8-8 hexproof Kraken. I mean, the upside is you can just scream, release the Kraken every time you cast this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm more so thinking about the, the, the value, the emotional value of this card. It's very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, this taps a planeswalker too. Wait, what, what, so does planeswalker this, what does Thassa blink? Is it a uh, blink? Is it a permanent or a creature? Not only creature. Oh, it is unfortunately, a so hmm. you probably do not want to <laughs> use it with your dragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> I mean, technically, it is a legal target, <laughs> and your opponent can't fizzle it with removal because of hexproof. So got him. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> All right, next card: Ashiok's Erasure. Two blue blue enchantment flash when ashox erasure enters the battlefield exile target spell your opponents can't cast spells with the same name as the exiled card when ashox erasure leaves the battlefield return the exiled card to its owner's hand there's only one card i'm trying to counter with this and not counter remove off the stack (laughs) there's okay there are many cards that you're gonna do this on but but i i'm thinking of shifting ceratops (sighs) that card is so annoying if only we had veil of summer to stop all of this oh no 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 no, no, no. 
this this gets around Veil of Summer. No, Veil of Summer gives you hexproof, it. right? Uh, but but the but hold on, but but this can exile it off the stack, yeah. Hexproof and can't be countered, yeah. right? So I think it would still. You can still. You can still. You can't exile the spell because your spell is hexproof, no? Or does it not? No, you're no, the only permanents no. get. I have definitely gotten blown out with spell quellers in hand in modern. Yeah. Uh, or uh. with yeah, having veil of summers in hand against spell quellers in modern, and it still it still exiles it. Although this now just makes so. Guess what? Green just packs a ton of brontodons. <laughs> <laughs> That's my concern with this card is because of Fires of Invention, most decks are already, like, on top of fighting enchantments. You're seeing main deck Brontodons. You're seeing, like, a decent amount of sideboard cards to deal with it. So I think it goes down a little bit in value there. You're the control mage, Krim. Like, is this something, even at four mana, you would consider main decking? Or is this, like, okay, I'm playing, a, like, a mostly blue control deck that can't beat Ceratops. This is my, like, sideboard way to try to deal with it. I, I would main deck a few copies, yeah. It is still four mana, and like you had mentioned, like it's not hard to deal. Like it's not hard to deal with. You can blow it up in numerous ways. You can bounce it with like three fairy or something like that. And I mean, it, even if they bounce it and blow it up, the good news is that it doesn't go to the field. It goes back to their hand. So that's why I think I like it. Yeah, yeah, it is worst case a tempo play compared to like Ixlan's Binding or something, right. which is like the comparison that just puts it right back into play. Like yeah, they have to spend their mana to recast it again. The worst part Correct. is playing with three fairy, right? You you erase your something, you three fairy your own erasure, <laughs> then you erase your again. Um, I well, I think the fact that it doesn't cast it is good, it right? It doesn't like, cast it, is, but the thing is, because it doesn't cast it, three fairy does, it's not the spell queller templating. Yeah, so it still goes back to yeah, their hands, yeah, that's so they fine. can cast it. No, no, but you, you basically get to take them off, like, for two turns, right? And you get right, to draw a card, right. and they've accomplished oh, nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. They have like, to like, use like, their mana again, right? Like, you have three fairy the turn before this, then you cast it, they end their turn, they pretty much end their turn, then you get to take it, uh, your turn again, and then bounce yeah. it back. You bounce, like, you oh, draw, and then... Yep, you blank their next cast of it again, and since yep. you're playing a dirty control deck, you probably won now because you've delayed the game long enough with just two cards. <laughs> and they won't be able to cast any other copies of it, so that they'll just, like, if they're, like, sitting on a ton of, I don't know, shifting ceratops, well, enjoy it, because you're not playing any of them. <laughs> what, so, question, question two, Grim. Let's say ceratops was not a card. Would you play this anyway? Like, is this narrowly targeted at Ceratops, or is it a good enough card uh, just in a more broad sense that you would still play in a controlled I mean, we're assuming, let's take out the uncounterable cards like Chandra and Ceratops, right? Yeah. Like, I would still play a few copies. I would. I think it's still okay. it's still very good. I mean... Like, you for, counter a fires, fun, uh, and, like, they're out of fires for the rest of the game until yep. they sideboard <laughs> and do yeah, removal for can, it, like, right? Get their it's like get their Teferi and their fires, then they're, yeah. then they're in real trouble. That's, that's just why I love it so much, just because the fact that it can... it It's a blue Ixalan's binding. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, wow, that is very good. I don't know. I, I'm surprised this isn't in white, but okay. Yeah, sure. And, like, we haven't even talked about it, but it adds two blue mana symbols to the battlefield if yep. the ocean is something you're interested in. It's an enchantment. We have a lot of enchantment synergies, things that, like, draw cards and constellations, so it triggers a bunch of synergies there as well. So I think that increases its value, too, that it works well with a lot of the themes of uh, Theros Beyond Death. You can be extra cute, you know, have a three fairy, plus, and then go dance of the mance. <laughs> <laughs> Just make this a 4-4 and exile a spell on its way out before they die. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we have Tectonic Giant, 2 Red Red, 3-4, Elemental Giant. When Tectonic Giant attacks or becomes a target of a spell and opponent controls, choose one. Tectonic Giant deals 3 damage to each opponent. Exile the top 2 cards of your library. Choose one of them. Until end of next turn, you may play that card. (laughs) All right, Richard, uh, what, uh, what do you think about this card? I think this card is insane, and we were debating whether it was standard playable at the beginning of the podcast. It's a 4-mana 3-4 that either... So if they remove it, you get to dome them or draw a card, and any time it attacks, you get the same trigger. So it can attack for 6 every turn, or it can attack for 3 and draw a card. How can this not be standard playable? Are our creatures that crazy? <laughs> I, I think if that first ability... Three damage to each opponent could also be redirected to maybe like a planeswalker, right? Mm. Is that like that? That I feel like that would then make it a lot 
more interesting. It's also like, a target of a spell. So if you bounce it with, say, Teferi, you ability, don't get a trigger. Yeah. Correct. That's another thing. Uh, and the fact that it's only a spell. And exile on the top two cards of your library, choose one of them until end of your next turn, you may play that card. I mean, the, okay, obviously, if, 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 I'm, if I'm going to have to, like, double shock this, it's going to be a pain, right? Like, oh, my lord. Uh, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but with how many things there are, like, just, like, I don't know, even an ether gust or, or or who knows whatever else like this like like the four drop slot i mean maybe in mono red uh, no mono red i'd rather just play torbjorn right or toblerone or t- whatever's yeah and you have a uh, frenzy at four yeah frenzy probably. like there's just better things at four um and yeah like the fact that that first ability that can't be redirected elsewhere i don't know i think for me i think the problem is i just don't think it's big enough like we've been talking about six sixes for four and six sixes for three and then you play this for four and like sure if you get to attack every turn it hits for six but it gets blanked by so many things in the format and then you don't even have to kill it like if you have any reasonably sized creature you're just like yeah sure it's like nice tectonic giant like i think the exception for me is it is an elemental elementals are like kind of close to being standard playable and haven't really gotten much support since m20 so maybe elementals also a giant which we keep seeing more the second week of spoiler season with like elder giants coming out now and different giants maybe like giant tribal synergies will be a thing but i don't think it's honestly good enough that i would just like play this in a in a normal deck i think you got better options if you're gruel and i think you got better options if you're mono red so i don't know where like it actually fits even though it does feel like it should be powerful that is so sad it feels like it could be oh what was that card Reaper of the Wild from, <laughs> from oh, what yeah. was that? They're, Dragon's Maze. I don't know what set it was or, from, but it was the format no, of four five, and everyone yeah. was raving about it. And then like I saw zero play, and we're like, "How? It was such like a good statted body." <laughs> yeah, like it. Yeah. It is. It is a cool card, but there's just the options you have are way better, in my opinion. Like maybe you could sideboard this right out of like Grawl if you need card draw. I mean, it is nice that. If your opponent kills it, you get something out of it. Kind of in the same way, like, uh, Nivmizit is nice. Like, sure, maybe your opponent murderous riders it. Worst case, you draw a card, you get a damage out of it. Tectonic Edge is similar to that. Like, if your opponent kills it, at least it's kind of replacing itself with a card. So, that is an upside. It gets around the dies to Doomblade problem, but cards are just so put. Creatures, specifically, are just, like, so strong right now. I'm not sure this measures up, honestly. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, obviously, it doesn't match up against green creatures, but I think against everything else, it's fine. Plus, if you have, like, Toblerone on the battlefield, like, this thing is great, right? <laughs> okay, well, yeah. I mean, now we're talking that you play <laughs> two four drops. Well, I mean, you like- can't. It, it ha- you have to have the supporting cast around this, right? But that that is Red's answer to big green creatures, Toblerone, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, I can play like ramp burn. <laughs> play your turn one Abrio we'll Grazer. Play big red. Get, get your four drops out a little quicker. You just curve into giant, into Scargan or something. I don't know. I'm sure we can make it work. What about just giants? Like we got Bone Crusher Giant. We have this red giant. We Ooh, have the, the giant payoff. Realm Cloak you giant. Go Realm Boros. giant. Yeah, you go Boros <laughs> like Giants. Like Boros Boros Giants. Then you can play the the Hearthstone card. It's not a giant, but like woo wee. <laughs> could even go like Naya, and then you'd get a beanstalk giant out of the deal for some more ramping. Like maybe chi- I'm gonna try. Giants. I ask again, what is They're the? One would say that sounds is there a like lord a, or something. Like what, what do we even do with giants? I think it's like realm cloak being a one sided wrath is probably as good as it gets at the moment. <laughs> Does not seem worth it to play <laughs> a giant deck. That seems like there's gonna be a bunch of big synergies because. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, All right. <laughs> let's answer some fish mail. Wait, 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 wait. wait. One, one more cycle. One more cycle. We we okay. we want to talk about the intervention cycle. Uh, so we have the green site, the green one, Nylia's Nylia's intervention. So green, green X, choose one. Search up to X land cards, reveal them, put them in your hand, shuffle, or deals X damage to each creature with flying. The black one is black and an X minus X minus X. Uh, to a creature, you gain X life or XL up to two X cards from graveyards. The red one uh, is also red and X. Create X, create an X one red elemental creature token with trample and haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step or deals twice X damage to a creature. Planeswalker. And I think 
those are the ones we have so far. I like them all pretty much. <laughs> they they all can do something, right? I mean, the the red one can no, all, they can all do two somethings actually. Yeah, two somethings, right? <laughs> Which is why I, I like them. They're all kind of versatile, uh, and they they can be a removal spell. They can, like, I mean, the black one is able to get rid of some indestructible gods. It while it can also be removal that just gains you life because you need the health. And then you can also exile cards from graveyards when there's so many things with escape. The red one gives you a, a threat to just kill your opponent when you, like, cause I mean, it's not a lie here. It, it's, it's the weakest, I think, of the intervention so far, the red one, but I think it's still, like, usable. And I mean, you use it as removal. I don't hate that. And the, the green one is just great in EDH, right? I think we, we all agreed on that. Yeah. I, th- I mean, yeah. I mean, tutoring non basics is, Super, super. But I think like so. Uh, I think Jim Davis did the spoiler article and said it was like Sylvan Scrying mixed with Mind Spring, <laughs> and it basically is. You just get to tutor all your best lands into your hand and generate so much card advantage. I think it's probably the worst for standard. Honestly, yeah. we don't really have very many good utility lands to tutor up at the moment. I guess you can get like castles or something, but they're not like super exciting tutor targets. So probably worst for standard, best for commander. I'm pretty meh on the red one, like. It's okay, but it's not really exciting. I think both the red one and the black one to me, they're good in the way that like charms are good. I think when I read any of the individual abilities, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't really like it for its mana cost. But maybe the flexibility makes up for that. The fact that it can be removal or graveyard hate. It can be removal for creature planeswalker in the case of the red one, or like a finisher if you happen to like have a clear battlefield and a bunch of mana to make a big token. So maybe the flexibility makes up for it, but I don't think like the rate on any of them are especially like exciting to me. Yeah, I think red and green are bad for standard. Black has, you know, could be playable. Like, as removal, it's not horrendous. And as a late game, like you just top deck this thing and you just like give something minus eight, minus eight for fun and gain eight life is like not bad. And you can <laughs> nice exile. Try, aggro. Yeah, you can exile like a cat or something. Like I, I think black has a shot of being played, but I don't think the other two are good enough. I think. There are cards that also go up in value and best of one. We've seen this before with similar mechanics. Like the black one, sure, maybe like black and X for negative X, negative X is like kind of middling rate-wise, but it also means you have graveyard hate in your deck. So if you run into like a really uh like focused escape deck, for example, like sure, your removal spell, maybe it's not as efficient as you like, but the fact that you don't just straight up lose to some graveyard deck, like might make up for it in best of one. I think you can, I think that's just why it's good in general general right because i mean you can also do the same in best of three like sometimes let's just say this i don't know this storm deck or whatever the the red enchantment deck game one that could just be an auto loss but you actually have something to fight against them by eating their graveyard um i don't know i like that you can just like black is the most versatile one i think right now I think I would say that black is the best, uh, for standard, I think yeah. black is the best of the bunch that we've seen, I would say too, yeah. Alright, so that's all the spoilers for this week. Uh, you can check them out at mtgpreviews.com. Uh, so yeah, let's move on to fishmail. So if you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we get to your questions on air. Cash DPT7 made my first MCQ next weekend. Any advice? Login when the window opens versus wait. Any other pointers? Uh, MCQ going to the your first MCQ or or it's the arena one from oh MCQW yeah okay 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 yeah yeah um don't fall asleep while sideboarding like I did. (laughs) (laughs) Good advice. Uh, highly recommend you be awake for it. Um, I've never actually played one. I, I I actually did the first one. I played them all, uh, but the first one I, I did fall asleep. I brought in a ton of cards and just forgot to sideboard some out, and then woke up sometime uh, where it forced me to keep my hand. And uh, <laughs> did you did you end up winning? No, I did not. I did not. I did not <laughs> win that one. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I just that, hope I get matched up with all the other limited players. I, I haven't played standard in like a month and i played best of one when i played <laughs> i was just like oh oh i guess i gotta play standard now so um yeah i'm gonna try to farm some gems i think you get like 200 gems per win because you gotta go what 10 and 1 to qualify it's yeah. like impossible yeah now that it's all in one day though i think that's pretty nice you don't have to like you know 
do the thing where, oh, well, wait and then resubmit your deck list day two and then do all these things like at each other and then, you know, do that stuff. Instead, now it's just like get it all done day one. Um, I, I do like that. Next question, Rakdos77. Hey, Seth, did you watch the Bills game this weekend? It was super close <laughs> and very intense. Were you on the edge of your seat too? <laughs> Uh yeah, I did watch the Bills game. Uh, I was on the end of my seat. They they sort of proved that they're the same old Bills. I think, despite all the the optimism, we got to see maybe the least logical lateral I've ever seen anyone throw in a football game. Uh, it was entertaining. It was I I will give it that. It it wasn't uh, victorious by any stretch, but I was entertained all Saturday afternoon. Oh, I, it was my fault, Seth. I, I watched like the first three quarters, and I'm like, "Oh, the Bills got this in the bag." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought. I was like, "Let me go do some errands. <laughs> Come back two minutes later." I'm like, "What happened?" I was actually Never. gonna text Seth and be like, "Yo, good job. I think I think you got it." And then I and then I look back and they started losing. Never underestimate the Bills' ability to uh, to lose a very winnable. Game. This was your year, Seth. The Patriots lost. It was it was gonna be it was gonna be the oh. year. Yeah. yeah, I know. Next year, next year will be our year. Next year, that's the the official model of Bills fans. Yeah, for we're the on last a re- five years rebuilding decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, last question. Eleven vicious bold prediction. A mox in the next commander set. Prismatic mox. Zero cost. Taps for any of your commander's colors. Doesn't untap at the next untap step. Pay one to untap. Sacrifice Mox to put your commander onto the battlefield from anywhere. Oh, that would be insane if it does all of this. Wait, wait, what? I could see the Mox. I don't know about the like. But wait, what? You just sack this and cast your commander for free? (laughs) That seems very broken. You just play it and like have whatever the ur dragon on turn one or whatever yeah that, that does not seem uh ideal i think i could see a mox though wizards is going to want to sell that like uh that draft set that they're doing for commander the end of next year and i could definitely see arcane signet mox of some kind being one of the like mythics in that set i don't think it'll put your commander what, what's the condition free. though so this one is like the you have to pay to untap it do you think that would be the condition i mean couldn't you just have it be like a mox I mean, you have like Mox Diamond. Wait, well, like what? Which Mox are we talking about? Like Mox Diamond just or like, like real Mox? Just like tap to add a a man of any of your commander's colors but at zero identity. Yeah, just like a straight up Mox. No way. Yeah. No. Too good. What? Would you just play yep. this in vintage and stuff? I guess. I guess you don't have a commander. Well, you don't have a commander. Though, but it's so. just straight up better than like the original Moxin. Like no way. <laughs> Maybe that's too good. I guess. What what drawback could you put on that that would make it still be powerful? I think your commander has to be on the battlefield. So Ooh. if you've already cast your commander, you can play the Mox. <laughs> but, but don't we have that? Wait, what? What is the Mox Amber? I mean, is the we have Mox like Amber, that. which is essentially that. Hmm. It is that. Actually. You can't yeah. make it better than all of the original Moxin, though. Like, there's no way that's gonna happen. What about one mana? Yeah. One mana. Tap for mana any color of your. You got Soul Ring that taps for two generic mana. You got Signet, but it's just yeah. a one. It's just literally a one mana mana rock. That that's fixes. not really exciting though. That's just like better arcane Signet. Yeah, which then now you have three auto includes when you start building your deck. Maybe like you have to just dis- discard a card, do something actually that's like then it becomes Mox Diamond, yeah. Chrome Mox, or I mean, yeah, Mox Diamond, like yeah. a Chrome, yeah. yeah, like Chrome Mox or Mox Diamond, like something, some downside like that maybe to make it a little more fair. Yeah. Oh, oh then then it's like Mox reanimate <laughs> something huge. I win. Like maybe that's an upside. I I would want. I mean. Maybe, like, it'd be pretty cool, like, if... They could be all mythic, I guess, but, like... <laughs> what I'm about to say is probably pretty bonkers, but... Every mox adds a specific color and then does something <laughs> equal to their color pie. Like, black can, like, remove a creature. <laughs> oh, but it costs mana. It'll be, like, two mana, right? Like, it'll be, like, a Doomblade that also... Oh, like repeatable I- Doomblade? No problem. No, 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 no. <laughs> when, it co- when it comes into play... <laughs> You could kill a creature. <laughs> Ooh, like artifact with a yeah. enter of the battlefield trigger, essentially. Yeah, and then it also adds a mana, or maybe it like adds mana equal, like um, to the color. I don't know the creature you destroyed or something like that. Oh, that could be that could be fun, right? 
I could I could get behind that. And then, that wouldn't really be a mox, but I think that could be a cool cycle. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be a mox. <laughs> Whites would probably just enter the battlefield and gain you two life or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. That's all the fish mail we have uh, time for this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 258 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Grib, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. You can get 10% off over at cardconduit.com slash goldfish. So, thank you to them. And we will be back next week. We should have the full Theros Beyond Death spoiler. So, we'll talk about that and whatever else happens in the world of magic. So, until next week, this is the crew signing out. Thank you.